What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verde here. In this episode, we're going to talk about using storytelling to grow your business. For thousands of years, we have all been hardwired on these stories. Stories are ways that we build up our heroes, we build up our brands, and we introduce people to ideas and concepts. Storytelling is an integral part of business, and we are going to be joined by a guest who helps major corporations with their story. Our guest is a CEO and founder of the Design and Branding Company, a creative branding agency that raises awareness for clients and distinguishes them from the competition. He's He's partnered with a lot of companies like Spotify, Bank of America, Meta, American Express, and other corporations. So he's done storytelling for those companies in a way that's allowed them to gain more clients and increase their revenue. Our guest who joins us is none other than Carlos Williams. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That was a great introduction. Carlos, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And with the podcast, with any piece of content you create, it is storytelling. You have to convince someone to stick with you from start to finish. And when brands get more intentional with that, you know what chapters you have to go into with your story that lead into sales and get people to trust you. So I'm wondering, Carlos, if we could start off with figuring out what your story is, because we've all heard good stories, we all love them, but what is the story our companies need to tell? I, I think we need to be problem solvers, right? Like you, it's not enough to just tell your, your potential audience that you can solve their problem. You have to convince them through multiple interactions that you can solve their problem. And so if you take it as an approach of a story, you have the introduction to the story, then you have the meat of it, and then you're, you're trying to reach that crescendo and then drive home the, the, the good feelings of them working with you, them, them making uh, your, your audience making that purchasing decision. Uh, so if you, if you take that approach and, and you're saying like, hey, this is the problem that we're solving in your life. It may be a problem that you didn't know you had when it's a brand new product on the market or it's, it's a, something that has always annoyed me, whether I've paid too much for cable or whether I've um, just been like doing the doing something the hard way for so, so long. Now there's an easier way to do it. And if you story tell it to me instead of just making uh, flashy promises you're more likely to deepen that connection and create promoters of your brand. And uh, with storytelling, I mean, it's good to start with the who you're trying to help. I mean, entrepreneurship, it, it comes down to solving problems. But with a lot of stories, we have characters, we have plots, all these different things. You don't have to be a fiction writer to do storytelling for your business, but there are certain elements. How do we create characters in our story and do those things that make people engage versus just a wall of text? That's a that's a great question. So the characters are all the stakeholders, right? Like it's not just the customer. It's uh, who are they going to interact with on on our side, like on the, the brand side? Who are they going to who the, are they going to tell about the process that they worked with? Uh, are they going to leave great reviews on Yelp or Google or like you got to consider every single person being that being a character in this overall customer experience, uh, and then you create personas for them, right? Like you like you create a a character description, and there may be different types of characters that are in each individual story that you're trying to market to. But if you just create Lizzie, who's 35 and uh, single and, and and is looking for uh, the easiest way to uh, treat her pets, right? Like uh, 
so as a pet treat company, uh, which we, we do work with one, uh, like what are her needs? What are her stories? Like, does she want to see other pets? Does she want to see her own pet? Right? Like, like you start crafting that story around the persona and then it, it becomes a lot easier, like not necessarily easier, but it becomes more logical to approach these, these types of, uh, these buying decisions. And I like how you mentioned Lizzie as one of the avatars because it's not just one of these like five ways to better care for your pet or something like that. Like you are creating a single person who you can think of and envision going through all these different decisions. It feels a little bit more tangible when you do it that way. Now with storytelling and especially for something like a novel, we could talk about like 200, 300 pages or mm -hmm. novels, like so many different chapters, so many different like things that happen. But from a business perspective, you're not gonna give the 200 to 300 page thing to someone right away. They may just want a page and then just move on or know if it helps them. So how do you present the storytelling so that uh, let's say for instance, you're not selling meat to a vegan or something mm -hmm. like that? Well, like the intro is important, right? So you got to do some targeting and, and we always tell our, our clients who we call our citizens uh, to go where your audience is, right? So if your audience are people who are families that do tourism, they may end up in, in Times Square. And the one thing that you'll notice that has changed in Times Square from the days 20 years ago, well, there's a lot has changed, but about on the billboards is they're not selling a particular product anymore. Right, they're 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 saying like, hey, our brand is cool, our or here's something cool that's happening with, within our brand, and and what they're trying to do is start a conversation, right? They're trying to start that story so that you you see it here, and when you see it again the next time, maybe you'll take an action to dive a little bit more deeply into the story. So, it, it's it's a matter of what, of not selling meat to vegans, yes, but it's also letting your your customers self-select when, when they want more information right like it, like it you shouldn't be shouting into the ether you should be starting conversations and then letting them continue the conversation and once they do you have all this marketing automation that you can do to con continue the conversation whether it's uh, a retargeting ad or an email uh like if, if they've given you an email like there, there are so many ways to continue the conversation and not expecting that they're going to buy on the first time they interact or the second time they interact it like they may that you definitely need to give them the option because they may they may be sold on it and they're like this is exactly what i've been looking for but if that's not the primary goal people don't see it as advertising anymore they, they see it as relating to the brands that they that they want to know and like and trust i mean it's a great point to focus on the conversation and building the relationship i'll just use an example for my freelance writing services I've had a lot of clients who they see my content on several different platforms before they come to me and they want to have that conversation. So sometimes it is cold outreach, but other times it's them seeing you so many times and then they eventually, it's a permission marketing strategy where they come to you and they're actively seeking your services because of all the conversation that you have built up. I know, Carlos, one of the things you do with your branding is you focus on, with the storytelling is you focus on the underdog status. I'm wondering if you could share with us why you choose that underdog angle and uh, some lessons we could have with implementing that for ourselves. Well, I, I think a lot of people see themselves as an underdog, right? Like, no, like they're, 
if your audience is only people who think that they've won their entire life, then that is a very limited, the limited pool of, of candidates, uh, of, of potential customers. So, um, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of te- like, it's a good storytelling device, right? Like everyone wants to see someone who shouldn't be finishing first, have an opportunity to finish first, right? Like we, we, we started doing it when we were telling sports stories, right? We had some, a couple sports clients, um, and we started branding squash, right? Of all things, I never played squash at the time. Um, and we're starting to brand these squash tournaments. And we noticed that they're treating squash as like a secondary tertiary sport. And we're like, sure, it's not, it's not the NFL, but why are we, why are we not marketing it like it is the NFL? Like, why are we not showing, Hey, these athletes are, are competing on the court, uh, in, in a picturesque setting that you can, as a fan get really close to them you can you can see them you can interact with them you can you can cheer them on or right, so like giving them the the opportunity to win the hearts and minds of of the fans became a really good storytelling device uh and it, it's generated a lot more interest in squash and, and squash is such a for me it's as as being in, next to the industry for six years um you start seeing like hey like squash is is, is up and coming in 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 the in you in the u.s right like they have a, a really great pitch on on creating equity because it had been historically such a uh a closed off sport in university clubs uh and played at the ivies right but now they're they're like hey let's open this up to a, a new generation of, of players um and so you have underdogs in so many different aspects there and it, it, it becomes a really good storytelling device to market the sport and carlos hits on a really great point where we all feel like underdogs to a degree. And when you cater to an underdog story, it's more relatable to the people who are reading it. And part of building trust is to be more relatable to the people who you are trying to reach out to. Now, with uh, I'm using the storytelling and the novel writing, uh, we're gonna build on that. So when you release a novel, you could do a second edition of it or you could do a series but basically when you publish that novel it's a bit harder to make updates to it once you've already published it with business storytelling there is a lot of change that can happen you have some companies they uh reaching out to new customers you have some do damage control and change the story a little bit uh when do you think is a sign or some indicators that we need to change the storytelling of the company uh like when does that decision get made when it's authentic right so if something's changing about the company right like a lot of companies who are using storytelling as a a tool are growing companies right and so at a certain point you may grow to a level where you're like hey part of our story used to be that you can shoot the ceo an email but we have ten thousand customers that's not something that's feasible anymore so how do we change the story about how we service our customers or um you're you're keeping an eye on your your metrics right and if something's not working if people are turning off your story at a certain point more consistently than any other time that has passed like you may need to change that point in the story to keep them engaged right and so the stories i don't think the story's ever finished right like it's uh we're living in a world that things are changing we're like all the time attention spans are the the low like it's not actually intention spans that are really low it's 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 patience right like give me give me something now or i can i can just hit something in google or on tiktok or, or or instagram and find an alternative right like even if you're not looking for an alternative the your competitors are are looking 
to target people who've been interested in your product, right? So if you are, are looking for a couch right now, and, and I, I'm worried about saying this out loud because, you know, I might start getting couch ads by saying it out loud, but if you search one, like one company and you're looking for a couch, you're going to get ads from all of their competitors. So you need to be able to tell that story, hook them now, uh, because they may not ever come back to you and you may have just warmed them up for another company's offer who has a better story out there. Um, and so it's, it's really paying attention to, to your metrics and continuously writing that story and almost in almost like a, a news cycle or uh, a sketch comedy cycle where you're like, oh, like Saturday Night Live rewrites a show every single week, right? Like it's not feasible to, to think that you're going to be able to rewrite your marketing every single week. But like, are you paying attention to your marketing every single week? Did something happen in the world that you need to change something about your marketing so you don't appear as tone deaf? Right. Like there, there are so many different things that you need to do to pay attention to the story. But because you, you're thinking of it as a story, it becomes a lot easier than than the traditional way or the old way of doing it, where you're just like, at what point in the funnel do we need to change right now? Right. Like it, it's like if, if everything is interconnected and you have all these different offshoots, like I, I like to think of some of the storytelling we're doing as the old choose your own adventure books. Right. Like. If people are choosing their own adventure and they're all getting stuck because they all choose this bad path and then they get arrested or they get uh, killed or in the story or something like that, um, then we need to make sure that we incentivize them to choose a different path, right? Like, what are we doing with our story on, I mean, minute to minute, day to day, uh, a day to day basis to make sure that we're keeping people engaged, right? Because we want them to be engaged. We want them to be loyal. Um, and we want them telling others about the, the great experience that they're having with, with, with us as a company. And with that storytelling, that choose your adventure format, it's easier to understand what people are experiencing, what their thoughts are before they become a part of your business. If you do detailed customer avatar and then taking people through the journey, I mean, there's ads, there's photos, there's social media, copy articles, all these different things. But if you combine great storytelling with looking at the analytics, it's easier to see how your readers, your viewers, your podcast listeners are going through the entire story that you've laid out and then seeing what works and what doesn't and making changes along the way. Absolutely. And so if you have that culture where failure is okay, if you have the culture of we're going to continuously improve, this isn't a hard, hard thing to do, right? Like it's, it's, it's taking a look at it. It's making sure that, Hey, like, do like it, it may be as early as do we have our customer personas wrong, right? Like if no one's responding to it or we're, we're looking, we thought we were a brand for Gen Z and everyone that's buying our product is a millennial. Do we have our, our marketing wrong or can we also reach millennials and can, now can we double or triple our, our customer base, right? Like, so just tell, paying attention to the, what the customers are choosing, it, like, don't try to force it on them, right? Like if someone, like if, if everyone is clicking off of your website at a certain point and your bounce rate is super high, it's very easy to, to say, oh, you know, like, they just don't get it, right? They don't, they don't get it, right? But instead they've, given you the most valuable thing is intelligence. Like our customers are not interested in our policy on uh, shipping things to Canada, right? Like people get there and, and we realize all of our traffic is coming from 
the U.S., but we're a Canadian company and we want it to be Canadian first. Like, if, if your customers are telling you that's not something that they want, that's intelligence, and you and you say thank you, and then you change it, and then now when, when new people come, they're not going to make the, the, the same decisions where they don't buy. I mean, just looking at that data, as Carlos mentions, it gives you so many insights. I mean, you can look at trends and what's going on right now, and that stuff helps. But when you have your own internal data of how people engage with your brand, that is some of the most valuable insights you can gain that directs new actions and better decisions. Carlos, for people who want to learn more about your work, become a part of your agency, uh, where do you suggest we follow your work and journey? So I, I always suggest starting on our website, and that's at studiodbc.com. So studio delta bravo charlie.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram and connect with us on LinkedIn by just looking up uh, Studio DBC uh, there as well. Uh, would love to connect with people. I, I like having those those these same conversations, uh, and especially when people are looking to make buying decisions. Um, we we help them. So there's nothing that we really don't take on on the brand and storytelling side. So would love to keep the conversation going. Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you check out Carlos's agency and follow him on social media. Make sure you reach out to him as well. Start the conversation. Links will be in the show notes. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to keep talking.